0: What's up, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Bruce here, your host for today. Well, I'm your host every day here with another podcast. Zach from Ovation is joining me. We're talk podcasting, reviews, customer retention, why you should do what you love, all those cool things on the podcast today. Great episode, with Zach. Always great to talk to him, whether we do that recorded on a podcast or just offline where we chat about pretty much the same thing we would record and share with you. Hopefully you enjoy this podcast. If you do, head over to Brewserving.com. We take all the show notes for you, everything we mention on the podcast you can find over there. Also, follow me on Instagram at thebrewserving and bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com is my email. If you have a question, you want to reach out, you want to suggest a topic or a guest that we could have on the podcast, that is the best way to get in touch with me through email, bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. We'll see you on the other side. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast, Zach. Removation is joining me. We're going to talk podcasting, marketing. He's done a podcast he's been doing for about a year now, I believe, and he's done a whole bunch of episodes, so we're going to talk all about that. Zach, welcome to the show,
1: buddy. What up, Bruce? How are you, man? I'm fantastic. How are you doing? Uh, doing phenomenal, and I just connected with uh, our mutual friend, Mr. Sayer, over at the Wizard of Zah. Oh, yes. Yeah, phenomenal. so I just, had him, just interviewed him on the podcast, and uh, he is – Super cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, he's doing, He has a unique business model, too, where he kind of started on Instagram, and then he started to have a pizzeria that only is pre-order. You have to, like, order six weeks ahead of time to get his pizza, which is a pretty cool business model.
1: Yeah, and at one point, he had, like, 4,500 reservations to order a pizza from him. It's that's like
0: amazing. Nuts. Imagine having a business where you know exactly how much money you're going to make and then how
1: much you need to spend and how many people. It's like, that's the perfect business model. Zero food costs. I mean, the entire thing was designed as a lean startup. And that's actually something where if people don't know about the lean startup, I got a book here yeah. uh, about the lean startup model. Anyway, it is it, it's a phenomenal way to think about uh, opening up a restaurant. And then how do you create urgency with yeah. food? What he does is he does now he started to do like homemade pasta and stuff like that and ice cream. But he only does it uh, certain days of the week. And so you have to know when it is and kind of get in line to pre-order that. So it's pretty cool. You create that urgency with food.
0: I love it. I've seen so many people, not so many, I've interviewed probably a half a dozen people on the podcast the last six months that have started similar businesses to, um, to him. So you have to, you know, they started on Instagram, they started making pizza at home. Maybe they lost their job. They got furloughed or something. And, they started an Instagram account making homemade pizza. It starts by giving it away, and then all of a sudden people want to buy it, and then they have this kind of uh, home business that they make pizza, and it's pre-order only, and it's like an interesting business model. And they're like, uh, I've probably had a half a dozen people on the podcast that have started businesses that way.
1: Yeah, it's super cool. I mean, talk about talk about low capex to start things off. I know, right?
0: There's <laughs> never been a better time to do something like that. But, Zach, let's get into your story. So, what do you give a brief background to people who are not familiar with what you do? Who are you and what do you do?
1: Yeah, I'm the founder CEO of Ovation, which is an actionable guest feedback company. We work on really revolutionizing the way that um, guests give feedback. Because everyone knows that feedback drives revenue, but the current tools suck. It's like, <laughs> what are you going to do? You're, you're asking your, I, I just got lunch today. And as I was leaving, they gave me the receipt and they said, hey, uh, answer this survey to get a free sandwich. And it's like, okay, well, I don't have 30 minutes to answer your survey to let you know that the bun was cold. It's like, <laughs> right. just just let me tell you. And it's so hard for, for guests to give feedback for restaurants to get and do something with that. So um, I grew up in the hospitality space. My dad was an investor in a restaurant. I worked at Friendly's back east, for those of you who know that place and uh that was that was my growing up and then i i built and sold a couple of tech companies and and realized that i wanted to come back into restaurants uh, where i got my where my roots were and uh and work on and solving this problem because it's ridiculous to me that it's 2021 and people are still using receipt surveys they're so antiquated so much effort you know
0: i go into some places and there's the, you know, Square has a technology where they can just email you your receipt. And I love that because it's all digital, right? Like when we take, yeah. in, especially if you and I, if we go to places, you know, sometimes it's for business. So you need to hold on to that receipt and make sure that you file it properly. And the paper receipts are just so ridiculous. Is, you have so many of them around and it's just like, how do you organize all those? And it's just, I'd much rather someone digitally send me things than, than hand me a paper anything
1: yeah i mean it's it's all around the concept of how do you make things frictionless right for your guests it has to be frictionless and then you know as we started delving into things it only has to be frictionless for your guests but it has to be easy for your managers to respond to your guests you know like we we are trademarking the term for software of table touch now obviously not trademarked at all for restaurants, but for software, because that's what we are. We're a table touch, right? We say, how was everything? And if it was great, we push them to leave online reviews. If it wasn't great, they get dropped instantly to your manager. And in three clicks, management can respond to that guest. And then we have a backend system that'll take all the reviews and analytics to show you what's actually driving uh, the needle. I love it. So, that. yeah, so it's been, it's been a lot of fun. We've um, been going now for four years and uh, working with over a thousand different restaurants and um it's been it's been a, a journey so you and i connected i think it was
0: was it a year ago
1: before before this whole corona yeah, thing it was Maybe like a little great, over a year ago yeah it was like in february
0: yeah and uh you know we were doing the pizza summit and you sponsored the pizza summit last year and uh-huh. then you said you know what you're going to start a podcast uh so you've done a podcast now tell everybody a little bit about your podcast
1: yeah, so the podcast is called Give an Ovation, where we find industry restaurant experts to share their secrets to grow your business. And we so far just launched episode 108. Wow. We have another eight in the queue. Um, and we're talking like we're talking to some pretty cool people, you know. We're uh, people over at Nathan's Famous, um, the restaurant boss, Wow Bao, uh, food hall, savory fun, seven shifts. 17th street barbecue i don't know if you guys know amy mills but she's like super rock star uh church's chicken alan mcgee we, we've had some oh mike bosch Yep. you know everyone everyone loves mike yeah he, well at least had, everyone knows mike yeah i've talked to him on the <laughs>
0: podcast a couple of times he's great
1: yeah so anyway it's been really cool to get these guests that are people who uh i've always wanted to talk to like i want to i want to learn how do they think and what are they thinking about and uh, how have they done it? And so it's been cool to to bring on these guests, really powerhouses out there, and um, yeah, and like I said, Bruce, man, it's it's you you really set us on the uh, on the path of doing this podcast. And um, you know, you said before that yeah, you've given a lot of people advice, but not a lot of people have actually taken and followed through with it. But man, the advice that you gave was just golden in terms of how do you do this in the most conversational, easy way possible? How do you ask the questions that listeners are wondering, right? It's like you need to kind of get – you need to be listening, but you also need to be uh, thinking about the listeners, right? Right. It's like how, I, I want to engage with you in this moment, but I also want to make sure that if I were you know, the thousands of people listening – what questions am I going to have for this person? Cause it's really, cause they, they can't all talk to this person. Right. And, uh, and so it's cool to like have that conversation for them. Yeah.
0: It's a skill too. And it's a skill that you learn and get better with over time. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I've changed my position on this over the years, but I'm a, obviously a huge advocate for podcasts and there's a crap ton of podcasts out there. And the thing that separates you from other podcasts, even if it's in a similar genre to you is your your background, right? Like whatever your unique background is as the host. And then consistency over time. A lot of podcasts start up. Do you know what the average amount of podcast episodes the average podcast produces or has produced? Oh, you, you told me this like a month ago. Is it 10? Eight. Eight, eight podcasts, episodes or less. So people don't even get to number 10. They just give up after eight because it takes a long time, you know, especially if like, so you're a different case scenario because you had an existing business where you could kind of push that podcast out to people who are interested in that specific podcast. But the vast majority of folks start from zero and they start from zero with yeah. no audience, no real background nobody really paying attention to them and they get to episode number eight and they're like, Oh, I got 72 downloads. And they're like, dang, this is a lot of work. It (laughs) takes a long time, you know, but you really don't see any results or anything back from the average podcast until you get to like 20, 25, 30, 40. Those are when you start to see the numbers and start to see the results. And that's when it starts to click and it really can be something special but a lot of people don't get there and you are one of the few that have taken my advice and gotten there
1: well dude i think one of the well first of all i will say that just having that in mind of hey it's gonna take you 50 60 70 because for us honestly we didn't start seeing real traction until it was around 60 to 70 is when things started to really pick up and when we had enough episodes And enough traction that we could justify getting bigger guests onto the podcast. And then with every big guest you get, you can get a bigger guest, you know, C-suite of Chili's. We got C-suite or or, uh, leadership of McDonald's. And so being able to get those bigger guests enabled us to get, you know, even bigger. And now it's like we're we're just looking to get more of the big guests, right? But also I think part of it is – so one, having that mentality of – it's gonna take a long time. Nice. <laughs> like, it's and it and it's gonna take a lot of work. And so do what you can to just start, you know, and assume just assume that you are going to go, you know, dozens of episodes with very little traction and find guests that are okay with helping you build that. I yeah. mean, Bruce, you were one of our very first guests and it it helped us out because you're a pretty big name. And we got lucky to be able to get connected with you. Um, but I think, you know, you kind of had to. You gave me all this advice about doing a podcast. And I was like, well, <laughs> do you want to be on it? Yeah, of course. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how we started
0: to do, to do our first podcast together. And you're right. And- it does take a lot longer than people think, you know. Like, people think, oh, I'm going to start a podcast. And it's so easy. It's way easier now. I started our, my first podcast episode, I think, was in 2014, 2014 was my first ever podcast episode. Uh, And it's way easier now with things like Anchor and, you know, these like StreamYard that I'm using now that records the audio for you, or even Zoom where it records the audio and video for you. You just have to have a camera and a microphone um, than it was back then. Uh, But it does take a long time. And a lot of people don't want to invest that time or they just don't see the results right away. And it could get, it could get, frustrating right because you're putting all this work in and you're not really seeing anything out of it but like anything else it, it, with consistency over time you're going to see a dramatic like hockey stick effect but it takes a little bit to get there
1: yeah i mean i and i kind of understood that because i used to have a blog yeah right i wrote a book about dating and i had literally hundreds of articles that i've written about dating and relationships and so it wasn't until I remember reading somewhere that at Pod at when you write your like hundredth blog post, that's when things start to get traction. And and I saw that happen, right? And as I got started getting traction, more people would invite me to guest posts. Yeah. And that led more people back to the site. And then I was having quarter million, half a million views on, you know, on some of my posts. Wow. But it wasn't until I I didn't get that the first 10 posts, right? And I think that if you go into with a mentality of I'm going into this to learn because I and you got to pick a topic that you are so interested in that you are uh, that you could talk to 100 people about it without it even being recorded. And it would still be interesting to you. Right. That's the kind of like passion and interest I think you should have in the topic around your your podcast. And and then as far as being a being a conversationalist one of the things that always helped me going back to actually dating is even if i was talking to someone that i didn't our interests weren't very aligned one thing that's always been fascinating to me bruce is understanding why people have the interest they do right regardless of what the interest is right but what's the backstory to getting into this why did they get into it why is this interesting what have you what has been the process and the the things that you have done and the frameworks you have used to be successful in that thing you're interested in. And so that that's helped me to um, tap into some good insights for my podcast guests is because I'm always looking for why they're interested and why they're doing the things they're doing. What are some frameworks they're using? And then what is a very practical, tangible thing that a listener could do because of the podcast?
0: Do you find the podcast is a lot easier for you to do now than it was in the beginning obviously but like for like nervousness were you nervous in the beginning doing the podcast interviewing
1: people i i just didn't even know what what to start you know what i mean like (laughs) and quite frankly i started off interviewing my co-founders because i was like maybe we'll do this and we had a pre-interview we had a whole script we had chairs we had microphones it was like this big thing and then something that you said changed everything for me you're like dude, just keep it simple, right? And I was like, oh, wait a second. Yeah, I'm like way overcomplicating this because imagine, you know, here I am at, I haven't done as many podcasts as you have, but I'm at 108. Yeah, yeah. And here's here's the effort it takes me. It's, I do 15 minutes of prep per podcast where I go into their LinkedIn, I write a short bio about who they are and what they've done. And then I come up with a couple of very specific questions for them. And some of them I don't even get to because the conversation yeah, is yeah. just flowing. Uh, and then I have like three questions that I ask at the end of every podcast. And so it's been super helpful to uh, to go into it. But before, I prepped for 30 minutes to an hour creating this outline. We had a 30-minute phone call beforehand, and then I reviewed everything for half an hour So this would have added like two hours to every single podcast I did. And what's the likelihood that the guests would give a half hour and then another half hour a week later. Right. Right. Where you said you, you told me, you're like, look, you're interviewing experts, right? It's like, yeah. It's like, so they probably have talked about this before. Totally. Yeah.
0: Especially now, right. As,
1: As podcasting
0: becomes more popular. If you ask someone to be on a podcast in our industry, you know, the restaurant, hospitality space five years ago the likelihood of them having been asked to be on a a different podcast or any podcast would have been really low like maybe zero to two percent of them now it's like 50 percent of the people at least have if they're you know well-known entrepreneurs or individuals have been either asked to be on a podcast have been on a podcast or, or at least are very aware of what podcasts are so it's yeah it's way easier now to be like hey want to be on my podcast when i was first asking people they're like what the hell's a podcast what do you mean (laughs) like what is that you have to
1: show up to a studio yeah they're like
0: like, oh they thought my facebook videos were podcasts right like that's how they thought podcasts were it was just a video that you put on youtube like they didn't realize that you like there's itunes and spotify and and google and all those places to put it on
1: Well, and, and you say all that stuff and a lot of people who may be thinking about a podcast, the concept, they, they hear all that and they're like, Oh God, that's like, I I don't even know how to do that stuff. I don't even listen to podcasts right now. There are so many services that will help you make it so easy to disseminate your podcast. And what, what, um, you know, for me, I don't know how you edit your podcast, but I do very light editing and we have a podcast manager and that's. That's one of his that's like what he does. He edits the podcast. And it takes him for every 30 minute podcast, it takes him about an hour and 15 to edit it, design it, write a blog post about it, and put it out on the network and then share it on our social media. Like it it really isn't a lot of work once you kind of get your system down.
0: Definitely. In the beginning, you're gonna it's gonna be a little bit tricky to learn the tech, especially if you're a solopreneur or you're maybe you know, you're doing the podcast by yourself and you're trying to edit it all yourself, but I guarantee you it'll get easier over time. I very rarely edit anything unless there's a huge screw up, unless there's like something that the guests, which I've done, I probably not probably I've done over 400 episodes between the two podcasts that we have. And I would say I could probably count on two hands. How many times the guest, I could probably count on one hand, how many times the guests asked me to cut something out, maybe three times out of 400 (laughs) you know so very little editing if there's something that happens like someone drops something or you know uh you know a a phone starts ringing i'll just write down where it was in the timeline go back clip it out real quick and then it's done it takes me other than the actual recording of the podcast it probably takes me uh adding the sponsors in doing the intro and outro 10 minutes to edit a show wow i'm good to go holy cow that's why I don't have anybody do it. Cause like they want like money, a lot of like, you know, not a lot of money, but like they want a good, decent amount of money to pay someone to edit your show. And I'm like, I can do it in 10 minutes, like literally 10 minutes. done.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, you, you're like next level, maybe in 400, another 300 episodes. I'll get there. <laughs> well, yeah, I've done like
0: 400 episodes of the show. So to edit, I use Adobe audition and I, I could just, it's so easy for me to edit. I just know how to do it. I've done it so many times. It's like anything. Like once you do it, a, a, a lot of times you get so much faster and easier and know exactly the nuances of what you want to cut in and cut out
1: yeah i love that and you, how, how have you found the transcriptions to be i haven't i don't use
0: transcriptions
1: yeah we use it for a little while and it just takes so much work to edit it yeah i mean it's like an additional two hours of just editing the transcript for a half hour episode i and don't so we just yeah did away with
0: it. I don't use, I know a lot of people who for SEO purposes say they use it, but I don't know. I don't feel like it. it it's all that helpful for SEO purposes. I've never searched for anything on a search engine and had a podcast transcript episode come up as a top ranking <laughs> result for that search. That's a great point. Neither have I, so I've never had that happen. So I'm like, you know what? I'll, I focus on what I like to do and what I do well, which is video and audio. And those are the two forms of content that I produce. I'm not a writer. I'm not good at writing. It's just not something I specialize in. So why waste time doing that? If I could easily just send you a voice message or record a podcast that you can listen to while
1: you're doing something else. Yeah. I love that. And I think that one of the things that we've um, seen, it's so important is how, when you have it actually on your website, yeah, like make it prominent, right? Because it adds so much credibility. I remember this was uh, about a year ago. I read this LinkedIn post that um, it was by a famous entrepreneur. And he goes, if I were to start a company today, the first thing I would do is start a podcast. And the reason why is because now I guess it's, it's a lot of restaurants who are going to be listening to this, right? Restaurants, local businesses. Yeah. So here's the thing. Let's say that you want to start a, um, that you're opening up a restaurant, right? And you want to get the biggest people in in your community to be posting about you. Well, why not start a podcast about your community, Yeah. right? And interview the people who are the biggest names in the community, because sure, they might not take a call from you because you're not offering them anything, right? If you're trying to get them to do catering or you're trying to get them to post about your restaurant, what are you doing? You're calling them and asking them for something with a podcast. You're calling them to give them something, you're giving them a platform, you're giving them an opportunity. Now, even if you don't have a ton of listeners, this person has a message they want to share. And if you're doing all the work to get it recorded, get it edited, and giving it to them, then they're going to want to share it with their network because it makes them look good, yeah, right. And so, that's the cool thing about a podcast, even if you don't have a lot of listeners you are actually giving them something. And so you could connect with people that, quite frankly, you don't really have a lot of business connecting with because you, there's nothing that you can uh, – because these people are so used to everyone asking them for something, not asking them to get something, Right. which is pretty
0: cool. Yeah. The other thing too is you become – even if you're, the podcast is you asking other people questions, which, which is – the majority of what my podcast is, the vast majority of podcast episodes I produce are me talking to other people, asking them questions, yet I still, people still see me, this is going to sound very douchey, but they still see me as an authority in, our, in my space, even though I'm not really always sharing my advice. I'm asking other people because they listen to me over and over and over again, and I'm on every episode. Halo effect. Yeah.
1: Right? You, when I stand next to my wife, I'm cooler. And people like <laughs> that's you know, true because she because she's so cool right and so they're like oh well if she married you i know if she's okay. with him he must be cool yeah, exactly right yeah. little do they know i just tricked her
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious so i was thinking back to your point of the podcast like even if you are a local business or a restaurant don't think of it having to be just in your local market like does guy fieri only do diners drive-ins and dives in his neighborhood no he goes all over the place and he's really well known in the restaurant industry as an authority figure and has restaurants all over the place and the notoriety has given him opportunity and that's what when people know who you are more opportunity comes your way
1: yeah i mean we're we're to the point now like on my on my uh writing about my my blog you know people would come up people would email me all the time when I, when I was kind of towards the, the higher end of when I was wrapping things up, but things were going really well, you know, people would write to me all the time to do guest posts on their blog. Yeah, And you know, then I eventually had a publisher write me and say, hey, are, are you interested in writing a book? And so that's how the book came about, just because I, I wrote a whole bunch and I got uh, more and more known. And same thing. Now we're finally to the point where people are reaching out to me saying, like, press press people are reaching out saying I, I have someone I'd love to have on the podcast. Yeah. And sure, half of them, you know, I don't want to have on cause they're not really that relevant to what we're doing, but it's, it's cool that we're finally to that point that people are wanting to be on the podcast as opposed to me asking people. Um, the yeah. other thing that I learned from Eric Cacciatore, he, one of the things that he does at the end of his podcast is, and, and take it or leave it, but he always asks, um, about other guests. Yeah. Like who else should we have on the podcast? I started doing that and that is a actually a really good way to get good guests because if it's a great name, then I just message them and be like, hey, uh, you know, oh James Walker over at Nathan's just told me I should reach out to you. Yeah. Um and have you on the podcast. I just had him on yesterday. Would love to chat with you and get you on. That's a good it's one. It's like, right? Because now I, I'm not only um going to someone with an opportunity for them to look good and look smart and to be the thought leader but i'm going by a recommendation by uh, a big league right and and someone who quite frankly whether or not they want to they were just name dropped on my podcast and so they're gonna be on <laughs> i love it it's, um you know it plus i'm sure
0: you get asked now that you've done a whole bunch of episodes you've been asked like i've asked you to be on this podcast so you're going to get asked oh, to be yeah. on other podcasts as well. I'm sure that's happened to you.
1: Yep, all, all the time. And I love it because even if someone has a smaller podcast, I, I was, you know, to, to your point, um, somebody asked me to be on their podcast and I was their second episode. The first one was themselves talking about what they <laughs> wanted to do a podcast about. Yeah. And I was like, great, man, let's do it. Yeah, Right. Because I know how much that helped me when I first started the podcast uh, for you to be on. And it just, to give me the, the ideas, the advice. Um, and again, I, I like, if, if I were to kind of go back and, and wipe the slate clean, it's like, okay, what's my business case for starting a podcast? Who are the types of people that I want to get as guests on the podcast? And then what should my podcast be about to get those people on the podcast and how do I make that something that I'm fascinated in and then plan on, on, you know, make sure that that there's enough experts to talk about it.
0: You know what? Here's Here's a little insider nugget. I've probably started 10 different podcasts and seven of them. I haven't even released. The only reason I started those podcasts was to say I had a podcast that I could talk to people I want to talk to in that genre.
1: No way. Yeah.
0: I have a podcast about real estate when I'm like, they're a really heavy hitter, real estate investor, or someone who's doing something in real estate that I want to know about. And I'm like, I have this podcast I'm starting. I mean, it's, it's I guess it's kind of lying. Like I didn't decide to follow through with it. I didn't lie to them and be like, I have this podcast with so many listeners. Hey, I'm starting this podcast about real estate. I'd love to talk to you about real estate on the podcast. Would you like to join me? They're like, yeah, sure. Talk yeah. to them about that specific topic. And I just, it just, was like I, I had to get myself to the point where I'm like you know what is this something that I could talk about for fifty episodes and it just wasn't so I just
1: kind of didn't fall through with it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean the the concept is is that there are people who one are thought leaders or two yeah. want to be thought leaders in every conceivable topic. Right totally. now you got to look at your listenership. Right if you if you're doing a, a podcast all about you know pepperoni. Um, I'm sure that there are people who are, who love pepperoni that much, but does anyone really want to listen to a hundred episodes about people just talking about pepperoni? Maybe not. And as I say this, I'm actually curious now, is there a, a podcast about pepperoni? Well, there's a podcast about anything.
0: I bet you, if you had any type of business, you're a, a term, uh, what is it? Exterminator. I'm sure there's podcasts about extermination. There's gotta be podcasts, especially nowadays about every single thing, um, but back to your uh, back to the beginning of this there's, conversation there's
1: ten, 10 episodes of a pepperoni of the podcast pepperoni podcast <laughs> That's hilarious. What's the name of the podcast? The pepperoni podcast seriously yeah <laughs> is it x-rated or is it PG? No I mean like it's I, I don't know it just this, they just talk about pepperoni it looks like that's hilarious. So see there's a podcast about everything and and like you said it just it hits on 10 episodes. How do you find so, your get? How do you find your guests for your podcast? Uh, so I know
0: you said you mentioned on, like other people's suggestions, but other than that,
1: yeah. So on LinkedIn, I look for who's active. Uh, that's a great place to find it. So I'm I'm very active on LinkedIn, yeah. posting, commenting, and by very active, I mean like I I put effort into one really good post a week, and then usually one like throwaway post a week of like, yeah, let's see this or right, use a right, picture, right. um, and. Uh, and then I'll see who comments and I'll anyway, and then I'll see, um, I've got, I've got like, uh, over 10,000 followers on, on LinkedIn. And so I like to, I follow a lot of people. And so, uh, LinkedIn is a really good one to go to. And even though it's kind of started to taper off a little bit, clubhouse (laughs) is honestly a really interesting place to go. I think clubhouse, the only
0: benefit to clubhouse is finding podcast guests
1: yeah I mean honestly that's that's what it's been for me. I, I found a couple of customers on Clubhouse as well, yeah, but that's because they're they're super uh, engaged, interesting people who are on there and and the thing about Clubhouse is everyone's a thought leader on clubhouse <laughs> quote unquote right everyone's a thought leader. everyone's a panelist. and so it's easy to to find the people that are willing to talk,
0: yeah. Um, I get I bash Clubhouse a lot. I think it's a good platform. Like it's okay. The problem I have with Clubhouse is that, um, like you said, everybody's an expert. Half the time I hop into a room on Clubhouse and I'm bored out of my mind after five minutes because they're just yeah. off topic, you know. And then it's, I feel like it's the difference between Clubhouse and a podcast. And guy, I know. Do you know guy? Who oh, runs I, was just, I was just I was just thinking
1: about guy. Yeah. I, i one time hopped in a podcast room my wife and i were talking we were laying in bed and we were talking about social media and everything and then she's like uh we're talking about clubhouse and i was like oh look guys in a room yeah she's like what do you mean guys in a room i was like let's (laughs) click and, and join the room and then all of a sudden i'm in the room with guy and a bunch of other people and get brought up as a panelist and we're talking about 1990s WWF before, <laughs> before it became the WWE, we're talking like macho man, Randy Savage, Yoko, Yoko, uh, Zuna,
0: That's hilarious. uh,
1: we're anyway. And so, you know, we chat for like 20 minutes and then I hop out of the room and my wife is like, wait, so what is it? <laughs> yeah, it, it, There's That's a whole like-
0: different, there's so many different rooms in clubhouse when it comes to business though, like I was pretty early in clubhouse. I think January of this year I was in there. And uh, it was really good, you know. Uh, Obviously, the lockdowns were happening. You couldn't really go anywhere. It's winter here in the Northeast, so there's not much to do outside. It was a great time to meet people and talk and hop in rooms and kind of, like, figure out and talk about what current events and what's happening and how you can get by it. But I I just found it now, especially, you hop in a room, and it's just, like, the same people talking about the same subjects over and over and over again, saying the same thing that they said yesterday and the day before and the day before. I'm like, I find myself hopping in. Being so bored and just hopping out real quick. Yeah, I can't grasp. But my you attention.
1: know, there's there's a lot of people who, um, yeah. What I'll do is I'll get in there, I'll see the panelists, I'll click on them, yeah. connect with them on LinkedIn, and there you go. Uh, if and if it's you know seems like a good fit, invite them onto the the podcast. So anyway, so yeah, so I invite guests to to nominate people. Yep, I active on LinkedIn, Clubhouse, and then another thing that I'll do is I'll just find. Um, it's a great intro. So, if I have someone who i want I want them to make an intro, uh, I want them to make an intro for me yeah. to maybe some big executive at some big food company. Um, instead of saying, Hey, can you talk to Zach and learn about his product, they're like, Hey, Zach would love to have you on his podcast. These are the types of people that he interviews. And so it's very it's very easy for someone to make an intro to be on my podcast as opposed to them to make an intro for me to pitch them a product. Right. 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 Um, and it's not like, you know, this Trojan horse secret thing. I mean, I'm very upfront, like, Hey, this podcast is called give an ovation. Right. (laughs) My company is ovation. Um, this is, and, and so, you know, there's the sponsorship beforehand of, you know, obviously, we sponsor our own podcast. We don't have any external sponsors, right? Uh, because it, we're a little bit of a different beast than what you're doing, right, right right. but it's um but it, it, and then it creates a dialogue. and then I'm like, hey, by the way, if if you want to learn about Ovation, we'd love to share it with you. And about half the guests take me up on that. And that's that's fine with me, right? I'm not doing the podcast just to make sales. I'm doing it to meet these people to get connected. Yeah, and I also use it. And lastly, when I go to trade shows and stuff like that, um, I'll see the speakers that are going to trade shows or panelists that I'm speaking with, and I'll invite them on my podcast. It's a great, it's it's what I call a fat penguin, right? It is the ultimate fat penguin, which is that thing to break the ice, right? You know, where it's really easy to connect with someone uh, again. When you're offering to give them something, which is uh, most people, they're not used to that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's the best networking that you can do without having to travel places. Yes. Absolutely. You get to meet people and have conversations with people about a topic that you enjoy talking about and they enjoy talking about because they're in a similar circumstance to you. And, you know, most of the time, if you, you know, there's been very few podcasts where you, I don't know about you, but for me, where I haven't, I don't want to say hit it off with the person, but like it was cold. Right. And there wasn't anything after the podcast. Vast majority of the guests that have, I've talked to on the podcast, I've become friendly with like a lot of them. I haven't really met in person yet, but we communicate online. We'll message, whether that be on Instagram or LinkedIn. And like, we've become kind of digital friends uh, as it were. And uh, I like that part of it, you know, like networking with people and meeting new people, people I would never have had the opportunity to meet or talk to if I didn't
1: have the podcast. Totally. And I, as I'm, as I'm starting to go to these trade shows, it's been really cool to see the two sides of it, which is one, the side you're talking about of, um, Hey, I love you on the episode. Let's talk about it. Yeah. And then if their friends are there, I'll be like, Oh, give me your email. I'm going to send you the podcast he did. And it's, it's just cool to connect with your guests in real life. And then it's an instant connection. Yeah. And then the other thing is, uh, having people come up to me at trade shows and be like, I love your podcast. And it's like, Oh, we're doing something. Yeah. People are listening. That's cool." You, know, you, you can see people listening to it, but I always wonder who, who they are. Yeah. Right. Cause it's hard. That is one thing that's tough about a podcast, right? Definitely is with a website, you drive people to the website. You could retarget them. You can get them to fill stuff out. You know who they are. There's, there's a lot more on there, but with a podcast, what you listen to it on Spotify, you have no information. It is it is the total DoorDash of, uh, of of restaurants where they're consuming the podcast through Spotify and Spotify gets the listens, Spotify knows who they are, Spotify makes recommendations, and I'm kind of left with a hey, you got another view, right? But another another download, but I I don't really know what that means or who they are. The I old- think that's that's the unfortunate thing about definitely. But the good part to twist that in a positive
0: way the I, there's something about having your voice in somebody's ears directly versus them reading on a blog post. Like there's a personalization to it of them having to put earbuds in or on the car radio or in the, like, you know, at their desk and listening to your voice talk exclusively in their ear. That's way, even though you don't get the data, what, you do get is that they're drawn to you much quicker than if you had a hundred blog posts and they read every single one and they still
1: don't even know what you sound like or look like. Yep, but t- totally agree. The other cool thing about about doing this podcasting is then you can start to build an email list. Yeah. And and you wanna make sure that uh, if you have a blog, that you have like a, a website that you can have this podcast on, And we have a pop-up saying, would you like to get updates of of podcast guests? And we do get quite a bit of signups for that pop-up. And then we have an email template that we send out um, every week of saying, hey, here's, here's this week's podcast guests. And it's just adding value for them. It's like depositing, depositing, depositing. And then what we do is we go with the JJJR, jab, 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 right hook, which is... We, we give them a podcast, give them a podcast, give them a podcast, and then boom, we're going to ask them to meet with us. Right. Right. So every fourth email, we're going to ask uh, for them to set a, schedule a demo. We're going to ask for them to read a case study about Ovation. Uh, but we use this podcast as fodder. And one thing that we've gotten much better at now, which has really helped out is we've gotten a lot better at making it easy for our guests to share the podcast. And that's been huge for us because before I, when I, when I wasn't doing that um, sometimes we would just post it and the guests would never know that we finally, you know, released their podcast. But now what we do is I introduce them to Kyle our podcast manager who sends them an email, thanking them, letting them know when yep. it's going to be posted and then sends them an email the day it's posted. Here's the link on LinkedIn. Here's the podcast. Here's the blog post. Um, Here's, you know, feel free to, to share it. And that's helped them to share it because, you know, with every guest, you want to leverage their network. Right. So a couple of people from their network get, you know, they'll listen to it and then they kind of stay on. They listen to it and they stay on. And so the snowball uh, keeps on growing. And that, that's been a huge help as well, especially as we're getting bigger guests to come on who get a lot of traction on LinkedIn. Right. You know, we, we had one of our guests, um, one of the head of, uh, of Chili's and, uh, of Brinker International brought him on. He's head of innovation over there and his podcast, uh, the month that it launched was the number one visited page on Ovation's website. Wow. More than her homepage. Cause he, and cause he shared it on his network because he shared it on his network. Yep. Right. And, and we got a big bump in viewership in, in downloads. We got a big bump in subscribers and now we get more downloads per episode after his episode. Right. So things like that, I think are, are really important to remember and and just, you know, making sure that you don't lose the uh, lose that halo effect by forgetting to go that last step. Right. Don't make them find the links to share yeah. it, like make it, easy for your guests to share it yep. especially with the ones that you want to share
0: it right it's so easy to do that just like copy and embed the link into a text into an email just to so them they'd be like, hey just click this and you can share it the
1: easier you make it for them
0: to share it the more likely they are to share it
1: yes exactly i mean one of my buddies sold a company for 50 million dollars to snapchat and right. here's what they did they were a qr code scanning app and even though uh and, and, and the whole reason why was because people didn't want to like you know and, and then they he eventually you know helped to get embedded into uh, into the iPhones and stuff like that but think about that 50 million dollars crazy for a QR code scanner because and and it still didn't really catch on until the integration with the iPhone because people don't want to swipe for an app and click it right (laughs) he he literally 50 million dollars to save one two clicks a swipe and a click uh that's the value of making things frictionless for people
0: i love it where can people go check out your podcast if they want to go listen to it or subscribe after they get off of this
1: yeah ovationup.com and up there you'll see the resources we got podcasts we got uh different articles there's all kinds of things to to help out if you if you got a restaurant
0: Excellent. And where's your preferred platform if they want to reach out to you?
1: Uh, find me on LinkedIn. I'm Zach with a C-K, Z-A-C-K, Oats with an E-S, O-A-T-E-S. Uh, yeah, just find me on LinkedIn, Zach Oates. Happy to respond. Uh, you can occasionally find me on Clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to make me
0: go on Clubhouse. No, I, I listen, I don't want anybody who enjoys Clubhouse, do your thing. Enjoy Clubhouse.
1: Yeah. I, and i think i think there's there's rooms for everyone there True. uh but it's it's definitely not what it started off
0: as i think it's but, yeah. listen it, it is what it is right it's a you, it, if you want to go hang out with people maybe you're an extrovert and you can't at the moment that's a cool place for you to go be able to talk to people for sure yeah how often totally are you on there
1: Ah, uh, once or twice a week oh that's not a lot at all
0: that's that's fine no i'm okay with that Yeah. All right, Zach, thank you so much. We'll link all that up in the show notes. Appreciate you joining me on the podcast. Thank you again, my friend.
1: Thank you, Bruce.